I was pretty depressed. It was for about six months. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I thought I wasted my life. I genuinely thought I wasted like the best years of my life because I was working so hard. And Josh and I on the weekend started flipping homes and making more money than I was doing a job 24 seven on a weekend when I do things for fun, which is buying homes, flipping them. Six months later, I got our first client. And it was from somebody in the entertainment industry, which I get a lot of my referrals. And it was just ironic that the first client we have ever had was this sweet, kind, brilliant girl named Kim Kardashian. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Well, you've seen him sell $100 million properties in Beverly Hills. You've read about Matt and his brother, Josh, in the Wall Street Journal as one of the top producing teams across the United States. And you've seen the Billion Dollar Brothers on the cover of Elite magazine back in 2018. My guest today is Million Dollar Listing LA icon, Matt Altman. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for that very, very lovely introduction. How are you doing? Well, I don't know how it feels to be an icon. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm an icon, but I just, I'm a hard worker. My brother and I are the two hardest workers I know. So we do what we do and we do it well. Funny about that. The harder you work, the luckier you get, right? Yeah, I don't believe in the word luck. We believe in making your own luck. Um, being in the right place at the right time, surrounding yourself with the right people and making the right choices, you know? Yeah, Totally. Now, the last time um, we saw you on Elite Agent um, was about four years ago. So there's a lot that's gone on in your world since then. That's too long. Uh, there's a lot that's gone on in everybody's world. For me personally, four years ago when we were there last time, I did have a wife, but I didn't have three kids, which I have now. Wow, you move fast. Move fast. We had a set of twins. Right. And then uh, we had an extra little special gift come out two years later. So I have a set of boy-girl twins that are four and a uh, baby boy that's two. And they are the love of my life. Oh, I can imagine. So how do you manage? You've got a massively busy business and career. And now you've got a massively busy, busy personal life. How do, you, how do you balance that? You know, it is a question that I don't think anybody knows. We, we're doing the best we can. I am trying to manage it better. Um, I, I find that the best thing that I have in my life is a partner that I trust yeah. in real estate. I don't know how anybody does the job 24 seven without having a partner. Uh, with that said, uh, if you don't have a partner that you can trust, then you're in another situation. But, you know, my brother and I cover each other's back, but in general, we're both trying to find that, that happy medium. You know, we work 24 seven. Um, one of the moments we felt like we made it was when we could start telling clients that were either a rude and obnoxious to us or B so out of their mind on price that we no longer needed to take those type of listings. That was the point when we felt like we made it, when we could actually say no. Whereas when we started, I would say yes to any listing, any price with anybody, no matter what. That is a really good place to be. One of the questions, because I am a, um, a massive fan of the show, I've been watching it um, since it started. Um, you and your brother are completely different personality types. And 
we, we are. find that there's a lot of that in teams, right? There's a lot of um, trying to manage those different personalities. How do you how how do you do it? I know, obviously, being brothers, you can potentially communicate differently than than if you were not. But there's a lot of people out there in the same situation trying to manage somebody who you know potentially is a bit like Josh. How do you do that? I think that the, the situation goes as follows. First of all, when we're talking about managing each other, we're brothers. I will tell you there are pros and cons to everything, but being partners in business actually makes it so if I had a regular partner, I might slack off more. In this case, I don't slack off because it's my brother and I don't want to let him and his family down and he feels yeah. the same way. So I find that as incredibly motivating, but also incredibly exhausting because you know, there are days when you just don't want to do something or there are days when you want to take it easy, but we're talking to each other a hundred times a day. You can't hide. We know where each other is. So when it comes to managing, uh, I, I think it, it adds an active pressure, but it's all for the good. When it comes to being a teammate, look, we're polar opposites. Like you said, we, we consider each other yin and yang. Uh, we divide and conquer and use our strengths together and use our, uh, you know, our weaknesses, meaning, we know when we meet a client, they're going to want Josh or I to handle the property. When we meet them, if the person is a by the book number person, it's always going to be my brother. My brother is the rain man of real estate. He knows every price per square foot. He can remember. He has a close to like a photographic memory when it comes to houses. Yeah. I, on the other hand, deal with people and their personalities. So going through divorce, getting a new home, coming from another area, I will be more on the sort of the personal aspect when we're dealing with clients. If somebody wants to you can tell in about 10 minutes. If someone is just business, 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 that's going to be Josh. If someone is everything else, it's going to be me. And or, you know, we can we can figure it out as somebody talks with us. But that's how we do it when we split it up. So it's um, it's really important to be very self-aware what your strength, like you have to be honest with yourself, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Likewise with your teammate, but also you just said we can figure it out pretty quickly when we talk to people. So you've got to listen for those cues, right? Absolutely. And I, it's funny. Everybody always says, you know, when they meet me, they're like, you're the nicer brother or you're the one that really runs the company. The truth of the matter is he's the nicest guy. I know, you know, on a TV, he's a character as well. Otherwise people wouldn't watch TV, but he's the best dad I know as well besides myself. And, you know, we really, we take pride in what we do. So, yeah. So, so we, yeah. So we really just cater to, what the type of buyer is. And we try to think of ourselves almost as chameleons. Cause you know, when I walk in a room and for example, I've, I was going to sit and meet with you in a listing meeting, I would be talking to you or Josh would be talking to you. And the other one would be looking at the things behind your desk and the pictures that show you and a dog or you and your kids or you and your husband or wife, you know, I, in this particular case, I can't see anything other than a plus and a, and a clock. But when we are in those meetings and we walk around the house, that's how we sort of assimilate to the person. If they're an athlete or they're in a sports, that's what we'll try to focus on. Something to connect with them on a bigger level than just real estate. Yep. Because again, when they're meeting with us, they're going to end up meeting with three or four other people that most likely are in the same level as us. And therefore you want to differentiate yourself and make yourself stand out. If you are a dog person and then Josh goes into the dogs that he has, if you're a basketball player we will just make it up because neither of us are big basketball fans but if you're a football player we can talk about football if you're if you're you know if you like to fish all of a sudden our new favorite sport is fishing we will make it sound like we are doing whatever it is now i want to go back to something that you just said um josh is a great um, a great guy but he's also a character um on a show because that's what audiences want 
How much of that do you have to kind of play up for for the show? I, well, I think at this point, the show has been on for 14 seasons. We're taping season 14 right now. And Josh has gone through the day he met his wife was the first date they ever went on was on that show. Yeah. Uh, to now having two beautiful children and having a family and running a successful business. So he is really someone that uh, is able to the, the character at this point is is really his personal life. And they're focusing on the, the good about him. But to start off, it was very much like the Ari Gold character in that TV show Entourage. You know, money, 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 money. But again, it's the same thing for both of us. Before we were married and had kids, we had one goal to make as much money as we possibly can. Now that we have the family and children, I think we both have the same goal, which is to be able to spend as much time uninterrupted with their children, which is not easy to do. As I've been on this Zoom call, I have on the left side of my computer, I've had 37 messages that have come through and it is non-existent. It's just a consistent beeping and beeping and beeping. It's crazy. And that's that's the that's the advantage of technology and the disadvantage of technology. It really is. Yeah, you can never escape. That's for sure. It's definitely exhausting. You know. What um what kind of um, volume do you do? Uh, last year we had our biggest year. Every year we have grown exponentially. Uh, last year when it was COVID, you know, of course everybody was nervous, and then the market raised because people wanted to stay at home more. Last year we had our biggest year, which we sold about one point four seven billion dollars in real estate wow and that put us among the we were the top in uh in los angeles and california and amongst the top five in the in the country in the country yeah probably the world i'm guessing there must be people that you're dealing with that really don't want to be part of the show right so some people are happy to be part of it and other people want to maintain confidentiality it's a good question. When we started this show, I remember we would beg people, and I think I even paid some to let us use their house. At this point, you know, we only tape 13 episodes a season, and we sell 300 houses plus a year. So at this point, everybody wants to be on the show. If they don't want to, it's no problem. Um, it's now us actually deciding who the best characters, the best stories, and the best houses are. But at this point, you know, and I remember in the old days, people would walk around with a red card um, a neon red card with when they were taping and I mean the cameras wouldn't look at them but again we would never do anything that would disrupt or take a chance of losing a deal on camera so we, we really think about everything before we do it yeah I'm sure and the negotiations I mean those of us in real estate know that you can't quite negotiate what you do on camera those don't happen in 30 seconds those are the highlights of the negotiation absolutely but one thing I will tell you is no deal is easy I don't care what it is. Everybody thinks, you know, when you're getting paid a commission, you're making a large sum of money. You're not actually getting paid for closing that deal. You're getting paid for the 22 deals that didn't work out, plus that deal divided up. Because that that's the proper way to look at our business. Yeah, that's actually such a good point because I think shows like yours, and we've got a version in, um, in Australia called Lux Listings, Shows like that glamorize real estate and make it look like a much easier job than it actually is, right? I mean, it, it, it is always very funny because we're getting uh, 10 to 12 resumes a day for people wanting to work for us. And they just, you know, I want the ones that just say, I want to be rich. I want to make a lot of money. We're like, you're crazy. That's not the business. It's just a very funny thing. But I will tell you, the other funny thing is when they always put up the amount of money we make pre-tax so everybody thinks and you're seeing the houses i sold 1.4 billion that doesn't mean i have 1.4 billion and it doesn't mean when the when it airs 
when our commission is a half a million dollars, that's before taxes, before cuts, before advertising. So it's just a very yeah, funny all, thing. Where- all of the, yeah, all of the expenses. People have got no idea how massive those expenses are. And I understand right now in the US, because it's a little bit different over there um, as far as buyer's agency, um, the, the commission split. Um, you, my understanding is if there's 6% commission, three goes to you as a selling agent, three goes to the buyer's agent, but there's a big law case, right? Uh, big legal action being taken at the moment about that. Where in Australia or no, out no, here? in the U.S.? In the U.S. right now, what's happening is, first of all, if you're on the uh, East Coast, they happen to be more fortunate. They get 3% each side. When you're on the West Coast, it's 25 and 25 Okay. Uh, and when you go over a certain threshold, usually around $10 million or $15 million, it's even reduced to 4%. Yeah. So it's it's really 2% each side or 2.5% each side in our business. I, um, I watched the, I think it was the last series when um, you and your brother bought your parents' uh, home. How was, um, that must have been an incredible feeling to be able to do that for them. That was uh, the most special moment. And I'm, I'm very happy that that was, you know, there, there are moments that you'd love to capture on TV. Obviously, Josh meeting his wife and getting married, having kids. For us, you know, our dream has always been to be able to pay back our parents and, I mean, the response we got from that episode was obviously incredible from everybody all over the world. But uh, the cool thing about it was it was live. Uh, my parents literally had no idea. We had already bought it for them. And just to see them cry and, and be so happy really was a special a special family moment. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely. And we all felt like we were part of it. So it was a really beautiful thing to watch. I heard a lot of people cried during it. So it was sweet. For sure. Now, you've also, you sold Gene Simmons' house, didn't you, from Kiss? We've sold a lot of celebrities' houses, uh, an extraordinary amount of them. We did sell Gene's house. Gene is one of the smarter men I've ever met in my entire life, i got to tell you. Really? Uh, yeah, people don't realize what a businessman he is. He owns the name Kiss. So every time you see that anywhere, that was before big companies owned parts of it. This man is a is a true genius. I think music, to me, is secondary to how smart this guy is, but he was incredible and he's a wonderful human, lovely person to deal with. Yeah, he's in Australia right now, actually. Uh, he's such a great person. It's it's like the other fun thing is just the the ability for us to meet. We deal with so many celebrities and so many different real icons like that, that just to become personal friends with them and have their number is just a, it's one of the best parts of our job, you know, is, is picking people's brains that have made extraordinary amounts of money or just, you know, getting advice from them or just learning their story and, and, and getting to know them on a, on a human level. It'd be a little bit surreal, I'm sure. Not anymore, but it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if we go back a bit, you, like so many of us, didn't start in real estate originally, right? What, tell us what you did when you first moved to LA. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I was a talent agent. Uh, I worked at one of the biggest talent agencies in the world, which was called CAA, Creative Artist Agency. Yeah. Uh, and I worked in television, and that's what I did for a living. And I put a lot of time into it. You know, it, it's interesting. I put a lot of time into it, and I, I did it for about, I want to say, eight to 10 years. And when I decided to leave that business, I was pretty depressed. It was for about six months. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I thought I wasted my life. I genuinely thought I wasted, like, the best years of my life. Um, just because I was working so hard. Uh, and Josh and I on the weekend started flipping homes and making more money than I was doing a job 24-7 on a weekend when I do things for fun, which is buying homes, flipping them, 
you know, using our hands and getting to be part of it. So it ended up being that left the business and six months later, depressed and unhappy, I got our first client and it was from somebody in the entertainment industry, which I get a lot of my referrals. And it was just ironic that the first client we had ever had was this sweet, kind, brilliant girl named Kim Kardashian, who was not Kim Kardashian at the time. She was just in a $800,000 condo which out in Los Angeles is a starter home. And she's been one of the most loyal uh, clients and friends to our business. She really is a special person. Again, we get to meet a lot of these people, but I, I think she is one of the brightest women I've ever met in my entire life. I think she's one of the kindest, smartest, loveliest people. And look, she's obviously got the success now. So. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so is there anything that you would do differently um, if you were starting, if you were starting again? Yes, there are a hundred things I would do differently, but I don't know what that outcome would have changed. So maybe I wouldn't have done it. You know, it's, it's, if I could have started in real estate 10 years earlier, would I have loved to do that? Absolutely. But then I might not have had the background to meet Kim who introduced us to that person who got us onto a TV show. And yeah, it would sort of all, you got to believe that this stuff happens for a reason. I mean, I go back and forth when I look at stupid things like Bitcoin, if I could have given and bought, you know, I, if I could have bought, at 10 cents or 10,000 of them and now been worth a billion dollars, obviously I would love to go back and do things like that. But the, the more we learn is just to invest in what you believe in, invest in what you understand. I don't anymore invest in things other than real estate or real estate technology yeah. because I don't, I'm, I'm an expert at that and that's where I can make money. And every time I seem to give money to other ideas and or investments, I can't control it. I don't know it enough and I end up losing. And so that, that would be my one thing is, I would go back and change some of the investments to just go to what I know, because I know now that I won't do investments that I don't know. Um, I, I probably, you know, I, it's such a hard question. I'd love to be able to change things, but looking back, if it didn't get me to the point that I am right now, it's not worth doing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. There was a great movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm 46, maybe 20 years ago called sliding doors where she went into one train and another train and if she went into one train her life ended up one way and the other way and i i do believe it's you know everything happens maybe for a reason we don't understand it all the time but at least in general you gotta hope that there's some good in all this you know yeah totally agree now you have grown your business and you've already mentioned that the business grows year on year where 10 years time where do you think you'll um where do you think the business will be uh, the business or our business? Your business. Yeah, yeah, your business. I mean, our again, our business for 10 years, I can tell you Josh is going to work forever. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to at some point, I mean, we will change and what our business will turn into is more into development. A lot of times right now, um, financially, we've done well enough that in, a commission is not going to change our life anymore, that we will sometimes parlay that commission into buying a house with a developer and, and throwing our money in and, and trying to then double or triple it, you know, which is a little bit of a gamble because you don't see your money for a year or two, but that's what we've been doing a lot of this past year is investing with our clients because we've been making them so much money. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's just a matter of in the future, if we could do that probably full time, we'd probably rather do that than working with a thousand clients. We'd rather, you know, stick with the, the people right now when we get a good property, we have five people that we will call to get as much money as we need within five minutes. And when it's such a steal, that's something you want to be part of. It's exciting, you know? So that, that's where I see it. I see me being dumb 45 years old in 10 years from now, nine years and nine months from now, I'm quit. I'm over. 
<laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Now you um you've said how much you love Australia. You're heading down here very soon. We are. Australia is my favorite place in the world. I've been there, I want to say six or seven times. Uh, the entire East Coast. I'm a big scuba diver, so I'm never going to go to Perth because I don't want to get eaten by a giant shark. Um, but I love, I love Australia. I, I, I would move there if my wife's family and my family weren't here in a heartbeat. Maybe in ten years. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe in ten years. So now, what I understand is you're going to Melbourne and Sydney and their theatre events. So they're actually for the general public, right? Right. I also think we're going to Brisbane. You are. You're, going, you're doing a two-day event in um, Brisbane, which is for real estate agents, and that's with my very good friend, um, Glenn Twittle. Mr. Twittle. We love Mr. Twittle. All I know is my favorite Glenn Twittle story is telling us and us thinking that we're headliners for this massive event that he was throwing. I want to say we've, we've done him a couple times with him. It might have been the one four years ago or six years ago, but we're, we're told we're going to be the headliners. And great. No problem. We're used to doing it. And when we get there, we noticed a couple other things. He goes, you guys are just going to wait in the green room. And we're sitting in the green room and we have four hours to waste, essentially. And in comes walking Arnold Schwarzenegger, who sits with us for two hours in a green room of the three of us. And it was the most fun we ever had. And we're like, how did this not get brought up? And so he was the keynote speaker. We were the, uh, the, the secondary speakers. Oh, that is just hilarious. That was a blast. But he... Yep. Yep. But he throws a great event and we, he's just a genuinely a very happy, happy, nice person. And we, we love working with him. So we'll be, yeah. we'll be at that one. And then the other two, yes, I guess they are in, uh, Melbourne. in Melbourne and Sydney and the two might, you know, I'd love to say my two favorite places, Sydney, Melbourne and camps, just cause I'm a scuba diver. And then again, I'll throw out surfers paradise. Cause I love that. I love everywhere over there. It really is a, it's a special place in the world that I, the only downside about yeah, the only downside about Australia is you're too far to do anything else other than go to Bali. But other than that, it's great. Or New Zealand. I am embarrassed that I have not. I've only stopped over on an aircraft, and everybody has told me how incredible New Zealand is, and everybody from New Zealand tells me how it's better than Australia, and Australians better than New Zealand because they have their own cultures. But yeah, I um, I went to Europe um, years ago with a whole lot of New Zealanders and I hadn't been to New Zealand and everywhere we went, you know, the mountains in Switzerland, the lakes in Italy, wherever we went, the New Zealanders were like, oh, we've got better lakes, we've got better mountains. When I finally got to New Zealand, they were right. It is a spectacular country. So take the time to get there when you can. Yeah, I will check that out soon. I know our, our client, uh, James Cameron, lives in New Zealand now full time while he's doing the last uh, couple movies of uh, Avatar which he's been working on. Fantastic. Oh, well, you can drop in on James. Now, before I let you go, I know you're sitting in your driveway and you're keen to see your, your kids. One last question before I let you go. What is sure. one piece of advice or key takeaway um, that you would like to leave our listeners with today? The one takeaway I think I would say is nothing is easy. Everything takes hard work. You know, when you see us on TV, you're seeing the lights, you're seeing the glamour of the job. I can tell you it's not easy. You know, in our first six months of real estate, I sold the total of zero dollars. We were one month away from quitting the business. It's not easy. And like any job, it's hard work. Uh, there's a pro and a con, which is you don't have a boss. What's great about that is you don't have a boss. And what sucks about that is you don't have a boss to motivate you. So you just need to make sure you're self-motivated and uh, really willing to work hard. Because again, nothing is easy about anything. It's all hustle. 
Yeah, great advice because you're right. It does. You guys do make it look very easy on the show, but we absolutely know that's not the case. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today and we'll look forward to seeing you in Australia very soon. I can't wait to see you in person. All right, have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joinaliteagent.com.